0: Okay, so we're coming back, we're going to finish up the Anche Knesset HaGedola, okay? Oh, wow. So we said for the Anchei Knesset HaGedola, we said that they were trying to help all of us deal with this transitionary period, with the new world order, the new relationship with truth. And we said the first, the idea being that we're going to have problems now. The truth was about to get less, right? It was being lessened, it was shifting in its thing, That now it became... Uh, uh, Talui and the makabal and the person receiving it, right? As opposed to it being given over in a masira, it's now being received, which would now depend on the receptacle. Good, right? Clearly, the, the receptacle that's going to receive the thing. So uh, there, there's two problems that happen with the makabal to explain the first two parts of this thing. Okay, there's there's two issues, and this uh, we spoke about in Sukkis and uh, in the past the Maseila Yasharim. The Maseila Yasharim, heard of it? Good book, okay? Path of the Just, available now. He says as follows, in his first section he's talking about Zahiros, and Zahiros is our, uh, the first step in all development of uh, anyone which is paying attention, okay? You can't get anywhere until you pay attention to things. Right. Good luck developing without paying attention. I don't know what, what it would even mean. Okay, so step one in every spiritual discipline is paying attention. Right? Because otherwise you won't pay attention to the rest of my instructions, either. Right? (laughs) The whole thing doesn't work otherwise. Now how do you start paying attention is a little bit of a problem, because you're not paying attention. So you have to be paying attention in order to pay attention, how's that going to work? Right? Good. So, he says first step is paying attention, and he says the thing is that there's two problems here. Right? He brings a Chazal to compare this world to night, uh Dame of the Lila, and they were living in the dark, okay? Which is very much the world of the Macabo like we're talking about now, which we're familiar with, but was a relatively new thing back then. So there's two problems with living in the dark, okay? And what uh, the first problem is you don't see stuff. Okay? You're walking around in the dark, there's stuff you don't see. And you bump into it. You slam your shins on the thing, right? You trip over the thing, you break the what do you call it? fall off a cliff, get eaten by whatever okay that that happens. stub your toe mostly you don't see stuff and therefore you're in trouble because you can't see it. The second problem is is that you sort of see stuff you misinterpret what you do see guys okay? so you guys are in the dorm and it's nighttime and you're uh, sleeping you're in your bed and you look and there's a there's a huge uh, scary bear with a knife and you're crying out hey, "Menace!" Me. And really, it's just a coat on a thing, right? Or you're sleeping in your bed, and you wake up, and there's a, you see your coat on the chair, and then oh, really, it's a big scare hair with a knife. Okay, one way or the other, that's what happens at night because I can sort of right the the I can, I'll misinterpret. It's not my my brain likes to make sense out of things, so my brain's gonna find the patterns and misinterpret what I'm seeing, uh, which the uh, the Ramchal says is a worse problem than the first one okay? worse to misinterpret than not to see okay. you can think about why that should be those are the two problems that we have and those are problems with our ability to see and perceive the truth okay? there's a lot of it we don't see and even the things that we do see we tend to misunderstand or misinterpret okay? and that's where we live and like I said the whole time we're so used to living there that it's like okay yeah it's paschid but it wasn't so paschid once and when you have nevuah, there's... there's uh, Nebuah can see everywhere. Right? Nevuah is uh, Nivuah. When you had a full Messir, there wasn't anything being missed. Besides, like you guys said, the initial stuff that we missed. Right? The whole thing's being given up. We didn't have this Matzav. We had a clarity that we no longer have. So now we're stuck with us. So those are the two problems we're going to have. I'm going to misinterpret stuff. And there's a whole bunch of stuff I'm not going to see. And it's not my fault. It's just because I'm... Uh, Living here in this world, I'm a human. I'm a human being. My awareness and consciousness has been locked inside of this particular pod that I live in. Right? I'm stuck in this thing, and I can't. Right? Where are you gonna go? You're in there. I'm in there with the thing. Little guy inside the guy. That's me. So okay, not my fault. So here, the Anshin HaZakodol are addressing these two problems, and they're gonna address it with three statements. Okay? Two problems, three statements. Heavy Masunim, and then we said last time, was? How do they know how slow I'm going? Maybe I was going slow. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> I was going slow. Alright, so what are and who the heck wasn't going slow? We said, which dude was that? You should stop being a dime. Whoever wasn't going slow. And so the answer we said was, is that it doesn't matter. However slow you're going, you need to be careful. However careful you think you're being, you need to be careful because you are stuck here. And whatever you think you got to, whatever you think you understood, you are misunderstanding something that's going on. Right? Because of your incapacity, of, of you don't have absolute awareness, you don't have nivu anymore. And so whatever you think you've gotten, there's room for being slower. Technically at some point you're gonna have to do stuff, or else you'd, you'd wake up in the morning and stay in your bed all day. right? Trying to think through. <laughs> You'll keep thinking, oh, whatever, never, nothing's ever gonna happen, so you're gonna have to make decisions at some point Right? It's like, yeah. yeah. Did Dayanim take over the Nebihim? Uh So yeah, the Chachamim were the Dayanim. yeah. They basically were the, they were the leaders of the... Even the Neviim were originally the Dayanim, right? They were originally the ones you went to for the thing. I'm using also Dayanim loosely to refer to everybody. We're all making decisions about what's true all the time. You don't have a choice. That's your day. Good, so number one we said last time was slow down and wherever you are, you can slow down. Okay, that was the point that we made. Doesn't matter how slow or careful you are, there's always room to be more careful. Because you are, uh, you're here in this world, trying to figure it out. There's always gonna be more, there is no end to this process. The second thing that we, that they said is hamino tamiram This one is uh, uh, a different tactic. We could split them up to be addressing each of the problems of the Messiah As but I, I think they both can address both. Um, you know, it's neater if we can do one for one, but I don't know if it's true. Just as follows, and this is again a, a point we made in the Sukkot uh, Shurim that first of all, Talmidim are an amazing right. We have a uh, we have a, a Gemara Rebbe said that he learned from me. Talmidah He learned more from his. Talmidim, than from anyone else. Okay, you had teachers, and you had chaverim, and you had talmidim, and talmidim taught them the most. Okay, because talmidim are, are an amazing uh, machine. Talmidim, because talmidim are are people that pay attention to what you're saying, which it's funny to say it, but you're you're not going to meet so many people in life that actually pay attention to what you're saying, right? And will come back to you. How many people do you know that come back to you with things you've said before? and ask you about them? How often does that happen? Pretty much never, right? And how many people come back to you? I had now before uh, Parsha's Bratius, two. Two different people came to ask me about a I had given years before. I don't even remember when, right? And asked me about the, how many times that happened? How many times do you have like, uh, one of your friends is like, hey, remember two years ago when we were at that thing and you were talking about whatever? So wh- what was that? Right? What was that? You were talking about that game and what what was your point? It's like it never happens. No one pays that much attention to you. Everybody's too busy thinking about what they want to think about. Right? Yeah, you and you don't record every conversation. Look, it's crazy. Look what's happening. So, meet them are amazing. You have a whole group of people who one are actually paying attention. They're recording what you say. They're gonna review what you say later, and they're motivated to beat you up. Right? The highest what do you call it that they're looking for is to take you out. Right, that's what that, and not in like a mean way. Okay, but like that's prestige for a student, is to shut the shear down. We had when, uh, when I first came uh, to Birkas so we were learning Shabbos. And uh, Rabbi Tiger was a lowly Magid shear back then. He was not, uh, not yet the Rosh Hashiva. And uh, we had shiurim. And I remember one, Aron Feinstein was my chavrusa. And uh, we were sitting this seven a few times, but this, I just remember this one in particular, and he had a kasha on the thing. And he asked some kasha, the tiger was doing his thing. his thing, he had a whole, it was much more, he uh, was actually even more entertaining then than he is now. And he asked, the on fancy he asked this kasha. And the tiger's like, think about it. He's like, oh, done. Shear over. We all walked out. <laughs> that was it. He's like, like, wow, you got it. And he slammed the book shut and we went. He's like, we'll have to come back tomorrow. And that was it. So ho ho ho. Our fancy was king king for the day, you know? That was it. And that's everybody's dream. Is to see. You don't say it out loud like that, but it's it's a thing. So if you imagine such a thing, imagine, uh, you would never learn from anyone like you learn from your students. Because no one's thinking about you that much. And it's not because you love me. Right? It's just That's the the dynamic that Hashem has created between teachers and students. There's no way to learn as much from anyone but your students. I'll tell you, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Tagher, one of the reasons why he is what he is, is uh, he took his student thing very, very seriously. Um, he's a student of my father Rabbi Green. And he was one of the few, men, Rabbi Wegbread, he's one of the few people that took being a student of Rabbi Green very seriously. Okay? And to the extent where he asked, uh, Rabbi Green gave him permission to ask kashas on his personal life. That was, uh, which is, you have to get permission. Okay? That was uh, one thing to record my shiur and then ask me kashas later, that's fine. To start asking me questions on my personal life, you have to get permission to be that guy. But he was given permission to do that. And so he used to, he used to be, he'd be over at the house in Chavez and watch an interaction between Narbagreen and his wife, Narbagreen and his kids, and he'd hammer him at it. Later, what were you doing? What was that? Why did you say this? Why did you, what he you it? Why didn't you wait till you were alone with them? Why did you do it in front of the other people? Why was you like hammering them on personal. Who are you going to learn from? Who's going to teach you like that? Nobody. Okay? That's incredible. And a whole team of people are going to get together and figure out what's wrong with you and then come yell at you about it. It's amazing, students are amazing. So first of all, have because since you're flawed, and now by definition your perception of truth is flawed, your perception of truth is flawed, the best machine, the more students you get, the better a machine you have for self-checking, It's amazing, okay? Students are the greatest security program that we have uh, in terms of transmission of truth. There's nothing like students to make sure you didn't uh, fumble or say something unclear, or uh, what do you call it yourself? You're saying Contradict you can, yourself. It you how great your rabbi is, but how many students he has. Uh, it depends on the type of students, yeah. Okay. Some rabbis don't take questions. I know if you know. You know. You yeah, it's sure. Ridiculous. And look, Rabbi Yochanan took his student as a uh, chavrusa, right? Rabbi Yochanan brought him Rachel, Lakish, and He used to ask him, I forgot, like twenty kashas on everything, but everything eighteen, 18 kashas, and everything he said, it was like the best guy ever. Uh, that's who I want. That's. He's uh, inconsolable when when he died. Yeah, you couldn't do it. Yeah. Everybody came and started praising what he said. and like, what the heck do I need you people for? Mm-hmm. Good. So that's point one. Okay? Point one with Talmudim is there's nothing like Talmudim. Okay? In a, in a world where you might be getting it wrong, the best way to know if you're getting something wrong is to have a bunch of Talmudim going through your share. Okay? A bunch of people paying attention to what you said with a highly critical eye, is uh, it doesn't get better than that. Your friends will never do it. Okay? Your friends are, uh, are not invested in you in the same way, right? And your, your Rebbeim also have their own things to do. Rebbeim aren't recording your shoe and going through them. Okay, that's not happening. Good. The other point is like this. The other point is, and remember this is all humility, the other point is, is that you really want to have as many people involved in any project that you have, because the reason why your tzameim catch you is not always because you got something wrong. That's the first problem of the Messias Ishar. Second problem, whatever it is, right? You got things wrong, you contradicted yourself, uh, you misunderstood something or something wasn't clear. That's one way they catch you. But the other thing is that your students and other people in general see things you don't see. Not because they're smarter than you, necessarily. Okay? Sometimes sometimes they are. But not because they're smarter than you, but because they're different than you are. And as different people, by definition, they see things you don't see. Okay? And it, Because they had a different life experience and they have different mitos and a different personality thing and different training and they think about things differently. I don't know if you met other people. But they think about things differently than you do, and different things occur to them because of the kind of stuff they've read, or the kind of stuff they heard, or just their personality, right? Some guys are weird, and they think weird thoughts, and, and even even us normals, <laughs> even us normals, right, still think differently about things. So to have all of these persp these different perspectives—on board on the project of truth, right? What's a rebbe and Talmudim and yeshiva and those things? We're in the project of processing truth, of getting it out of this Torah thing and making sure it continues. And to the next thing. So working on this project, I want a lot of Talmidim happening and, the, and the, the, the secondary or I don't know if it's secondary or primary but the other benefit of all these Talmidim is how many different perspectives we have. And I have to have the humility to recognize that this guy who's my Talmud may see things I don't see. Because by definition I can't see what's going on back there because I'm, I'm stuck looking this way. Because I have a personality. What am I going to do? I have a certain way I look at things. Certain things I don't think of. I don't have the training. I don't have the experience. I don't have the... Those kind of thoughts don't occur to me. I'm not a philosophical guy, or I'm not a psychological guy, or I'm not a historical guy, I'm not... Right? I have uh, certain strengths and certain weaknesses, and maybe you're that guy! Right? The the yeshiva used to be, uh, you know, much more older people, and a lot of guys who were here after having a life. This wasn't the beginning of their lives, this was mid, or even later in life for a lot of them, and so they had a lot of life experience that they brought, which is very... uh, which is always a very interesting experience in teaching. First of all, I'm teaching people older than me, so it was easy to have the humility. Because guys are older and I knew they had more life experience than I did. Um, and so a lot of sughis that we had, they saw things in a way that I didn't see. Just because of the life experiences they'd had and informed the way that they saw it. And the, certain things that bothered me didn't bother them. And certain things I thought were problems were not problems. They're like, oh yeah, sure, that happens all the time. Yeah, dude, I know that are And they like, oh, okay, great. So you have That's to... That's su- which you're talking about on the hand. The what? That, that becoming a bigger person is talking about... Exactly. you don't because right. not because they're smarter than me and what do you call it but they see things differently because they're different than I am right like we, like we said in the, on the vacation right the odds of their perspective being identical to mine are astronomically small okay and uh, almost impossible that we see everything the same way we look at everything the same way even even amongst you South Africans you guys don't see things the same way yeah, even though you're from the same community, in the same school, in the same, what do you call it, you still don't see things, you, you still have different personalities, I- I'm sure, right? If you get to know you, like penguins or whatever, if you get to know you, I'm sure you guys seem different. Right? It's true for, uh, for everyone. Excellent. So that's the second point. So this is my combo package. Here's my big uh, uh, attempt. I know what I'm looking at, Says I'm in trouble. We're all in trouble, okay? The truth is about to take a major hit because now it's going to be dependent on us. Now we're going to have to get together, and and try to get this truth thing going, and so we have to do it with the requisite humility. Okay, that's the underlying theme of this thing, the humility to know that we're not going to that we're not going to get it, that we're in the dark, that there's things we're not seeing and there's things we're misunderstanding. So in terms of my own relationship with it, I'm being as careful as I can. However careful I'm going to be, I'm going to be more careful, right? And however many times I review it, I'll review 101 times, because I know 101 not like 100. What's the point of being percent? Because I know I'd do it again, right? There's still things here I didn't see or things that I misunderstood. I recognize there for myself that I'm in an endless process of getting it. And whatever I think I got, I could get it again, okay? And anyone who's in a, a, a world of learning, it, it's uh, especially if you've been here for years, it's uh, that it's that's true. The same sugi is that you feel like you got, try it again and uh, you didn't get it, right? At least compared to what you could do now. And the second trick that we have is me them. Right, a little security team an antivirus an anti shucker team that we band together who one are heavily invested in making sure every single thing is exactly what it's supposed to be and two are a ton of different perspectives on the thing right they bring the Kabbalah to explain uh, uh, they bring all the Kabbalah stuff about you know, different, you know all the neshamos and different perspectives That's what I mean by personalities okay personalities and perspectives and the whole pictures can only be seen by all 600,000 of us together apparently then we can see the whole thing if you'd get all 600,000 Shoresh Neshama Jews, whatever that means, together, they would make a full circle. Okay? Basically, hold on. Yeah. If you'd get the full circle of humans, of all Jewish people looking at the truth, we'd be able to see it from all different sides. We'd have a full picture if we worked all together. Okay? But since each of us is just individual, we see one part. So you get as many as you can. Maybe you get some guy from the other side and right? see what he's seeing over there. It's a whole different thing. Right? You get enough of people together, you start to get a clearer and clearer picture of what you're looking at. Those are the first two. So what's the last one? So there's a few um, approaches here in the people that approach things. These guys. So they want to say there's two main uh, themes here. The first one is that this is, this goes together with Hamidot Harbe. Okay, together with the meaning is the Torah, and it's foreshadowing uh, a Mishnah that's coming two Mishnah from now. That since we're going to be compelled to be sharing the Torah with as many people, people as possible, because I need teams of analysts and I need every perspective I can get on this thing if we're going to try to get as much truth out as we can. There's a problem with that, which is some of you are going to be bad at what you do. Either you're gonna be bad on purpose, because you're actually bad people, or you're gonna be accidentally very destructive because you have a lot of confidence and not so much intelligence, okay? Which is a bad combo of, of Midos, okay? So either you're gonna misinterpret things I say for your own purposes because you're, uh, you're that kind of person, or you're gonna misinterpret because you don't get it, but you're gonna very confidently go out and misinterpret this thing, right? And, uh, and twist the truth, Okay, fully, uh, but uh, you're gonna start a whole movement of uh, whatever it is, based off what you learned, which is really just you misunderstanding the she'er, and then, uh, but it resonated, and if you're really gonna even go out and tell everybody about it. Okay, those are two probably. with having a lot of Talmidim, it's impossible. Uh, you know, we're talking about a lot of Talmidim. The odds of you not getting some of these guys is very slim. And since we just had an injunction, that you need to have as many Thalmeen as possible. Harbe. right? There's no end. To the number. That they have 24,000. Which is an awful lot. Of Thalmeen. So now you're going to have to make Siagim. Okay. They learn that Siag is about you. And how you talk. And how you teach. Okay. That you're going to have to fence yourself off. And be very careful. Um, how you are going to. Uh, talk to them. Because. They're going to. Misinterpret. And uh, get misled and mislead others, and those things, and so you have to be cautious from those people to protect yourself and them (coughs) from these things, which is a new idea. I never heard that before. That the asusia is on me just as a security measure against the tamidim. Okay, I'm gonna have to have things fenced off, and I don't talk about everything, and I keep things in a certain within certain boundaries. The other way to go, which is the simple way. So you have to make fences for the Torah, which means, what what do we what are siagim and all these things in the Chacham, And There are harchakos, there are ways to distance yourself from the problem, right? Like we don't like uh, eating meat and milk, right? So uh, the actual isravina of meat and milk is only when it's cooked together, Not in products. But and it's uh, but we uh, don't eat it even when it's not cooked together, and it's a way to distance yourself from the problem. Okay, all the dinim we have with women also distancing ourselves from the problem. There, Hashem even put our harchakos in the Torah. Those are things we make fences. So the reason why you fence things off uh, is because you are uh, nervous. And I think the, the, the point here, uh, according to these opinions is that you have to recognize that even after all of your labors, right? You forced yourself to slow down and examine it 101 times, not just 100 times. And then you employed a team of 24,000 Talmidim that went through your shiurim, word by word. It picked it apart and hammered you. And the thing, the piece of Torah you have now was uh, years of development on your part and passed through a filter of 24,000 different perspectives, all highly motivated to upshlug whatever that you said, and it made it. It ran that gauntlet and those things. Associated with Torah is don't be so confident that you got it right. All right. Pull back a little bit, still fence around the truth. Don't get right up to the... Don't trust that you got down exactly where it is, okay? Fence off the area, okay, with xayras of even into what's mutter. Move these surim back even into what's mutter so that you don't, you're not, don't bank on the fact that you got the lines exactly right. There's all these things, the, the certain movements in the religious world about going up on harbais. They love it, okay? They all want to go up on harbais, okay? I don't know, doesn't seem like something you should be doing. Okay, but they have a whole thing and one of the arguments they have is that we know how to draw the lines. We know where you're allowed to go and where not. Okay, so we say, and there's other shitos, by the way, who won't even go to the kota. Okay, Dal-a-ramas within the kota. Rabbi Michael doesn't go within Dalaramus in the kota. Okay. People don't touch it. Some people don't go into the Chatzer, There's like a certain line back from the Chatzer that they don't go back. Okay, why? Because I'm not so confident I know where the line is. Okay, you guys learned up your Rambams and your thing and you're so confident you know exactly where to draw the line that you can be over or kares by wandering around up there. I'm not so confident. Maybe we got it wrong. Maybe we should be careful and back defenses up a little bit. So, the, the, final, the final statement to Archie is to be that guy. That's the final humility, right? You thought it through. You were carefuler than careful. And you brought in 24,000 guys to go through it. And it made it. Surely I can rely that this is the truth, right? If this isn't the truth, what is? Surely we can rely on this now, saying, still, Still, still back it up a little bit, buddy. Uh, even, even so, don't be so confident that you got it right exactly. Build a fence, right? Maybe stay a few meters off, just to make sure it's there. Okay? And that's going to be how you're going to live till Mashiach comes. That's how we're going to relate to the truth. As the thing that's there, that we don't have clarity on, and that however long we work, we're going to have to work more, and we have to employ as many, we have to build yeshivas, and people and work very hard and have tons of Talmidim and Shiurim and interactions to try to harness what this thing is and at the end of the day we're still going to have the humility to say that I'm not 100% sure that what came out was, uh, was exactly right, you know, let's be a little bit machmir, let's build our fences to keep us safe, Okay, that's their declaration I'm that's declaration of here's declaration of here's what your relationship with truth is going to look like, guys, in the new era of the Meqabal, alright so ends Mishta Aleph Adkan Kafa Aleph. Uh, please got tomorrow we'll start Shimon At Tzaddik, who is not a Kabbalah, he's the end of the Anshin Hasadullah that goes together. Alright, he's one of them. So he's gonna be furthering this idea of the of the macabre world with a little different uh, emphasis. Alright? Yeah.